Welcome in. Thank you so much for joining us on the Doc Talk podcast. My name is Chris, alongside my good friend Darren Kryle. Darren, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good. It's Friday. We're in the studio. We've got a great guest in here, and back by again popular demand. We've got Mr. Kevin Nakata with us. So, Kevin, I hope you're not getting sick of us. Oh, I'm definitely getting sick of you. Yeah. Because we're not going fishing. <laughs> you keep dragging me in the studio. Darren's on the good side still, but you have dragged me in twice this week. I know. Twice in one week, that's Man, right. For I'm four episodes. Sorry. Man, let's go fishing already. Yeah. I think it's on you to make sure that we go fishing next week. Ooh, okay. <laughs> we'll have well, to talk about that. Let's okay. <laughs> well, we have something planned for August 12th. Oh, really? Charter? You could say that. All right. With a Mr... Captain Benny Florentino. Oh, oh, you do have that booked. We have that tentatively. Tentatively. Yes. Okay. I forgot to tell you so, about that. Yep. Now you're putting a lot of pressure on him the, to make that happen too. The three of us. Oh, really? Yes. If Woo! You, if you'd like to come? Let's do it. Okay, I'm okay now. Okay. <laughs> you're on Is my it? good side again. <laughs> because of Darren, though. Darren's on <laughs> extra points this week. Darren, you stole my thunder. <laughs> what the hell, man? Well, let's get to it, man. Uh, we've got a great guest today. Oliver from Fishing Syndicate. How you doing, man? Good. Anyway, so. Doing good. Doing good. Glad to have you here. Dude, thanks for so much for coming on. It's uh, it's good to see you. It, it's a pleasure to be here. So thank you again. Hey, absolutely. I've, I've been watching these guys go after talking about plastic molding for the last 15 minutes. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like uh, um, a, a, a figurine um, geeks where they're all like, oh, oh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. what model is that? Oliver, we have a running joke to where you know most most podcasts or most shows they put out you know coffee or donuts or, or whatever. Mm. We actually put out swim baits for people to play with. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You, you contributed this time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at this table, right? Right. It's it's awesome, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. You know, there's fishermen here. Yeah. Well, Oliver, let's get started, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you come from? And um, tell us a little bit about your brand. Oh, dude. You want me to go into where I come from? That's going to be a long, long story. Well, okay. So on that note, I just learned I just learned a little bit about your heritage and all that. And yep. we share some common interests here. We are angry people. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, long story short. Um, geez. Okay. So let's just focus on the brand. Uh, we'll yeah. Do the other stuff That's perfect. Day. Uh, uh, fishing Syndicate. Mm-hmm. Um started the brand five years ago. I've had the business plan for over, you know, 10 years. And um, the right circumstances uh, showed up. So I was able to uh, kick off the, the ideal, as I like to call it, and uh, see where it went. So total flip of a coin, willing to lose money, uh, which is what happens when you take risks. Uh, either you, you know, uh, make it or you don't. And so it's been five years, been a fun five years. And, mm-hmm. uh, ran, you know, run across some good people that has supported us. So here we are five years later. Um, I grew up in, uh, in LA, um, Echo Park, fishing that lake, uh, 10 pound largemouth in the river, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I've been hearing some stories about that recently. Yeah, no, and, and they've been there. I mean, there's good and bad stories about the lake. Um, <laughs> it was uh, definitely gang infested in the uh, 80s, late 80s, uh, early 90s. Um, there was literally four gangs, uh, to, you know, on that lake, uh, the south, the north, the east, and the west. Uh, I was fortunate enough not to uh, join any of them. 
Nem mondom nekik, mire is szokott csészni át a szóval hogy catch me. Én van itt érem, a hét, my passion was always fishing, you know, so um, after school I go play basketball and go fish, uh, sort of like, you know, same time, right? Go play the back, black tap and have a brother with me. Um, so, um, Weekends I spend them down by the beach, um, fishing. Back when it was safe, man, we we fish. You know, we were young. We fish the pier and sleep on the pier, all, you know, for an overnight and just fish, fish, fish. Mm-hmm. Um, get in the boat, you know, when, when we could. So um, here we are. Um, been a few, couple of decades since since that, three decades to be to be exact, <laughs> since I, I survived those days. So uh, glad to be here. And you and you mostly. Um, been fishing here, but have you other fish other places other than California? So other than California, Baja, um, Hawaii, um, haven't had a chance to fish the East Coast. Uh, typically go out there for business, uh, you know, for my job. Been to a lot of locations where I go, man, I should have had a lot with me, you know. Um, oh yeah. So I have friends who fish in New York, and so they talk to me about their quote unquote rockfish, striped bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they call it the striped bass, and they uh, they fish them, you know, with heavy line, forty pound dropper loops, mm-hmm. eels. I'm eels, like, yeah. like so. When I day on the surface, feeding on the surface, I you know come with the surface diet. That's what I wanted fall, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. October, uh, bluefin. Um, so a couple of these guys have bought a rod. They fish them um, in in New York. We also have a little bit of a following in um, Florida. You know, we get people. Uh, buying the rods uh, from the website and there's one guy who called uh, one guy from you know he uh, fishes off of his uh, ski and I was like that's exciting what are you talking about blue and I was like oh that's even more exciting so what are we looking for and as we we met him a couple of custom rods to put on, on his uh, ski and go chase bluefin where at? Uh, so one was in Florida the other one was actually in New York oh really? yeah and a jet ski? yeah holy smokes what, wait there's, there's I mean, we're talking big big bluefin yes and that's what I said. I mean, it's got a, a triple X, 60 to 130, 400 pounder. Wow. wow. It's being dragged, you know. Uh, <laughs> wow. Pounds. That is crazy, man. Um, there's a guy here I know locally that, that has started doing that, you know. And I don't know how many guys are, are getting into this. But Ooh, Gary? Yeah. Yeah. Gary's yeah. crazy, man. He is. Yeah, he's a nutcase. Is that, is that <laughs> the... Uh, Gary, um, I, I met Gary about... And say 15 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Stackle, mm-hmm. Rosemead. I, you know, I moved from literally from Echo Park to Rosemead uh, about 15 years ago. I, I now live in Hacienda Heights. Um, made a couple of moves over the last decade, but yeah, uh, we we met uh, Richard Stackle, and yeah, he's crazy to say the least. But you know what? I, I have a lot of respect for the guy. He is fishy. Yeah, he is so fishy. Is that the guy that goes by? Dial Warrior on yes, Instagram. Yes. Oh and my he gosh! Uses Alexa four hundred for Bluefin. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. And he's part of the he's part of the jigging group. You know, I mean, West oh, Coast jiggers, all those guys. They all kind of associate all these guys with crazy noodley rods. Do, by the way, do you make any vertical jig rods? No, you do not. Are you going to? We don't plan on doing so. But okay. We might be, you know, strong arm into it. Um, <laughs> so I've had a lot of people ask. Right, it, it's such a new thing. Uh, going back to the composition of these rods, uh, you know, uh, which you can listen to on a CCA podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's um, I, I I don't like the style. 
I'm, I'm a West Coast guy, dude. You know, I, I need that nine, nine foot rod. West and, Coast for life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, um, but it, it seems fun. Um, I never want to do that and get my behind handed by a big fish like that. But I've had a lot of people ask, and you know, if I see a market for it, we we will. You know, absolutely. But um, I think it'll be some time before West Coast guys, you know, get into into that. East yeah, Coast, yeah. Uh, type of fishing. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's even on the West Coast here, fishing from Southern California to Northern California, two totally different ways. Yeah. And, you know, Baja, totally different way as well. Yeah, exactly. Now you go to the East Coast, and they're all about spinning reels. Mm-hmm. All about it. Yeah. It's crazy. Which, you know, we haven't opened that up. But there's I'm, a, I'm waiting. Let's do it. There's a Watch F- out for FSG one, yeah. bass, so fishing syndicate graphite. Bass rod, that's an L casting, six to twelve. Dang, and how how long eight foot? Eight foot. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and so what's it mean? graphite? Yeah, three RX six graphite. So I will drop shot with a casting reel. Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but I don't drop shot. I I I rather you know just do something else. Yeah. Well, that's an, that's a really interesting blank setup. That's great for uh, light jigs. Mm-hmm. People that are throwing anything that's around, especially short pounding. Mm-hmm. You're throwing anything around like quarter ounce, and you're using spotty sets with straight braid, ten pound braid, and you know, kind of small crankbaits. Yeah, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, uh, which East Coast they would automatically be a complete, you know, yeah, um, spinner rod, and not many companies make that here. Now we're not making it for the public, but I have it, and we have a blank. Someone because I've had a couple of people say, "Hey, can you make that?" Mm-hmm. Right. So guys would go and, and, and like troll uh, Crawley for uh, trout, mm-hmm. and they won a casting rod. I think that's perfect for that. Yeah. Six to 12, and it's eight pound uh, rod. Yeah. And just that bend of that thing is so beautiful. Nice. Where is it out of that bunch? Is it on the other side of the bunker? Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. I got an eye on that. That's, uh, so, <laughs> are you, what are you doing raft-wise on your uh, rods? Are you doing double or single, or does it vary or triple? So, it varies, right? Uh, you don't want to do double on graphite rods, because then you, you stiff them up even more. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want to do single wrapping. Now, we do double wrapping, uh, triple wrapping on that stripper guide, because your rods will never bend. At least our planks will not bend below that. Mm-hmm. that that's sort of what, you know... Uh, well, our signature on our banks. It will never pass that stripper guide. It'll break there before it bends onto your hand. Why do you triple wrap? What's your What's your reasoning for it? On these mm-hmm. straight looks. Okay. Because when you're fishing, that's the first thing you're looking at. The stripper mm-hmm. guide. You know, <laughs> honestly, yeah. No, that's a good point. You know, um, I mean. So you, you want something underneath the bridge? Things, right? the you see all that, all the color and mm-hmm. stuff. So. Um, on the rest of the guides, it's, it's single wrap, and in this case, you know, there's there's trim, so there's you know, double wrapping there, but uh, that's just again for, for looks. Um, all graphite rods, we, we single wrap, just like 590J, um, stripper gets the, you know, the nice look, and then everything else is single wrap. Our composites, we, we, we triple wrap, we do an under wrap, and then we do over wraps, and the offshore definitely, you know, need two over wraps, you know, on those heavy duty guides. Um, and those you you want to have that right. Um, as much as I hate that it does um, stiffen up or change the action a little bit, it's actually best to protect the blank 
because of the type of uh, environment that it's going to go into. Um, and how does that protect the blank? So when it bends, uh, the guide sometimes will, you know, uh, flex bury, open. Yep, and they'll bury into the blank as well. Oh, you mean the the tip of it digs in a yeah, little bit? Yeah, it could crack that blank. When we talk about fibers, you know, mm -hmm. once fibers get, get compromised, the next thing that breaks is, you know, uh, the blank. And so, if you notice, uh, rod breakage that you see typically happens at a guide. It hardly ever happens between guides, you know. Uh, uh, rock will, will break typically those 12 to 18 inches from the tip and they'll either break at the top end or the low end of a guide. Mm. And so that actually has something to do with it. Interesting. Yeah. Iron doesn't quite flex, you know. Right. Uh, although these guys do flex a little bit and, and mostly uh, aluminum frames, um, they're pointy, right? And so they, they do, uh, it doesn't happen all the time, right? But by under wrapping, we actually protect that blank. Yeah. And we extend the life uh, of that uh, blank. And we, you know, literally protect it. Yeah. So, uh, some science wanna, in there for sure. Yeah, there is. There really is. Um, you know, one of my jokes is that we, we are scientists and we are uh, athletes as anglers. Like, anglers is a sport. And, you know, uh, I was in this tournament um, on Friday. And Sean Arnold from uh, Fish Taco, I was literally on the stern. Uh, this is a lower Florida boat, and you know there's there was swell. Mm -hmm. And I was on the stern, swinging my jigs. I mean plastics, and you know wouldn't hold on to anything. He said, "Man, you really got some really good sea legs." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I'm just, <laughs> just you know, because he, he couldn't stand for a minute. And, uh, <laughs> we're, we're moving too much. You're like you're not holding on to anything. Like, no, I mean, you know, you grew up in the water. Yeah, you you grow those sea legs real quick. And oh yeah, you know how to, you know how to use your hips and your knees, you know, to to balance out. Definitely. Yeah. Oliver, one question for you. Um, you know, you mentioned that you don't make spinning rods, correct or not? No, we we do. Oh, okay. I, I don't quite use them myself. Well, neither do I. So you know, we talked about things trickling out from the East Coast and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Spinning rods are kind of one of those trends that are trickling out here for you know for different fisheries in California. Yeah. 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 So you make spinning spinning rods. So we, we do. I mean, um, to make a spinning blank, mm -hmm. it, it you know the, the the science behind a spinning blank is a little different than your casting blank. Uh, typically, these blanks uh, are a lot slower. And as one uh, tackle shop owner put it, everyone on the West Coast makes a spinning rod, but they use a casting blank for that. They, well, uh, they just turn the backbone over. That's it. And, and we do the same, you know, we okay. tell people now, we have been developing some spinning blanks, but, uh, you know, again, we're not the experts in, on, on the West Coast right. spinning yeah. blanks, you know. Um, most spinning blanks are glass because you, you want that slow action. We on the West Coast typically try to, you know, use a composite rod or a graphite rod for our fisheries, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and don't get me wrong, we have, we have five, six Spinning rods in our series are done on our website. Uh, three are graphite, and three more um, are a composite. So there is some, well, there, there's a request, but there isn't a demand, right? And so as a business, you gotta you gotta make a decision on you know, is there enough of a demand mm -hmm. that you have to invest money into this? For us as a young company, um, developing, you know. Cost quite a bit of money. Mm -hmm. um, 
prototyping, testing. Right. Um, hardly ever do you, you know, do you hit it off the park, uh, out of the park on, on, on the first prototype. So you have to, you know, go back, formula and make a few changes. And I just don't see enough of a market yet. Yeah. You know, we, we talk where the market is, it's, it's, it's the big casters in the ocean. And that's what we're, we're making this um, initial composite that um, we're gonna put a, a trigger sheet for these for these things. You didn't ask mm-hmm. me why a composite instead of a graphite, right? So we have the graphite rods already. I mean, they're, they're here. You know, we, we have on the website, we use them. But the new anglers um, have a hard time understanding how graphite works. And so we, we want to put that safety net in there by adding the, the glass mm-hmm. on that tip. Right. And that will allow them to, uh, to high stick a little bit. I think it's necessary. You know, a lot of people are fighting fish and they might be in an awkward position, like you just said. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, the last thing they're going to want, especially from brand recognition, is for them to lose a fish or lose pro- um, a, a tool mm-hmm. during the fight. Yep. So yep. it makes sense. Yeah. And, and so, you know, um, graphite rods are like a, you know, um, they're, they're, how would I compare these? Um, think of a, you know, think of a Ferrari. Uh, think of a sports car, right? They're very fast, you know, they're low profile, they're high performance, which is what a graphite gives you. Right. But you don't want to want, you wouldn't want to go off-roading on that thing. No. Nope. Or, or pull your boat. <laughs> right? That's where your four-wheel comes in your truck. And so that's sort of the comparison. Another comparison that, that I do with graphite and composite rods. And so when you are new to fishing, there's nothing wrong. Right? We were all there, uh, whether it was a skip or teenagers or adults, right? Um, depending on, on you know, whether our parents took us fishing or uncles, whatever. Uh, when you're new at fishing, um, you don't understand th- these things, right? And so uh, by creating this composite inshore series, it's gonna allow for, it's gonna be more forgiving, which is what glass is. We, we haven't used that term yet. You know, glass is forgiving uh, in several senses. It'll forgive you for making a mistake, but it's also a lot easier on your back. Yeah. It adds muscle to, to the tool or to the rod. Hmm. So what, speaking of tools, there's many different tools for the job. They're different whether you're bass fishing, bluefin, whatever. Um, you know, when it comes to tools, you always want to take care of them. How, in your opinion, you know, as a rod builder and, and, and all that stuff, as, as, as FS um, stands, how best do we take care of our tools? So a loaded question. Um, yeah. You know, from how you store them. Mm-hmm. to how you transport them, to what you do with them when you're on the boat, to what you do uh, after you fish, right? Um, so let's just start off with after you fish, the easiest thing. Uh, get the salt off of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, Kevin said it's an investment. And let's be honest, you know, one combo nowadays, uh, it's an upwards of, you know, yeah. five, six hundred dollars on the very low end, yeah. to over a thousand dollars on the high end, right? Right. You can literally Even spend more. You could spend two thousand dollars on a big bluefin setup. Oh yeah. Know, when it's all in your reel, your rod, and, and your and your specker. And so the last thing you want to do is not take care of that. So rinse with fresh water. Um, make sure your your drags are tight when you're gonna spray that reel. Make sure you dry everything up, and then back off of that drag when you put that reel to dry. And always best that you know you do it. Your, your yard per se, and you, you don't mind the sun while you're doing other stuff. Yeah. And, and let the sun help, you know, evaporate some of that water, especially off of the spectra. Uh, it's uh, the fiber. 
you leave it soaked. Um, to retain it. Exactly. Um, and so that's the first thing. Uh, you could actually put on, after you wipe your rods down on the same cloth that's already damp, you could actually put DWD-40, WD-40, spray that and then wipe the rod again. So mm -hmm. what that does is, you know, protects the clear coat on, on the blend, but it also protects the guide from getting, from getting rust. And if you see a rust, if you see, because this is going to happen, the epoxy is going to crack when the that rod goes under load. All you got to do is, you know, spray a little bit of WD-40 on that thing, and that's going to keep it from, from rusting. And so that extends, that extends the life of your, of your rod. So you don't need to get it rewrapped down the road. And exactly. At least not in the near future. It'll right. be put off for a bit. Yeah, right, a little bit. You know, whether it's five years, you know, ten years, whatever it is. Um, is that the, just the nature of the game where you're yeah. going to have to... Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're dealing with salt water, right? Yeah. So rust is going to set in even, even on aluminum, which you know, is most resistant to it. You know, or, yeah. Or the so-called stainless steel. Yeah. It'll seal. Stainless. <laughs> yeah, stainless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, it'll seal. Um, it'll seal happen. Um, when you transport them, Right, so we were talking about how um, five, um, graphite glass, or graphite rods um, in a plane with a the vibration, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll splinter and then they'll, they'll get a little fracture and, um, and then when you go to put them under load, they, they break. Uh, you could Google it, you'll find it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, um, when you are traveling and, and most of us travel to fishing locations, local, you know, we have a truck and we, we put this, those, those rods in, in the truck, in the, in the bed, and uh, I see on the freeway, you know, rods bouncing on the lift gates. Sort of mm -hmm. like the first thing I looked at. Are they protecting the rods, you know? No. It doesn't matter whose rod they are, right? They have right, to yeah. And there's nothing protecting. No. You know, there's, there's no cushion, and there, there's so many things you do, even just a towel around that area, you know? Um, I, I put know. mine inside. Yeah. Even an eight foot four, it can fit inside of the, the truck cab, but mm -hmm. it's like, mm, people's go down the road. That's 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 kind of sketchy. Even in the first place, you never know if someone's gonna like come in behind you and yeah. like right. hit your rod tips oh. with like a big. I don't know. There's always something. Yeah. Worst nightmare. Exactly. Um, you know, bundle them together with you no know, rod straps. You know, um, the, there's people actually before they bundle them, they'll put some cushion between them. Yeah. Right. Because. When you're driving and they're rattling, that right there could actually create some damage. Um, but just this, just this right here. Yeah, just that right there could actually damage. But them. you have yours in the truck. Yeah, inside. I carry them inside. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. I mean, it's. I think that I mean you covered that tip in the last podcast. But if anyone is listening right on this one alone, if you're not taking care of the rod blank by putting it, you know, or keeping it from vibrating. You told us on the plane was like, it, like that happens, yeah, you know. And yeah. I think you guys need to take better care of your rods. Holy smokes, you know. What about if something as simple as like a rod sleeve? Would that help? Yeah. So it depends. You know, the, not all rod sleeves are created equal, right? There are ones that are created out of mesh, mm -hmm. um, like a hard plastic, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yep. Those actually scratch your your guides. Huh. And so you guys have like a really? yeah. So like these are you know these Alps. Uh, we use the black anodized Alps. So think about that. It's like a Chinese finger that mm -hmm. rubs on that on those guides, and then actually peels them. Oh, it takes works. the paint off. Yeah, takes the protective takes coating off. Protective coating off of them, and then that allows it allows for the uh, uh, salt to set in, and then you know you get that oxidation going. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. So that is crazy. If you're gonna use that neoprene. Mm -hmm. Would be one good material, right? The rod straps are made out of neoprene, right? Your rear covers are made out of neoprene. No mm -hmm. one's making that. We're looking to do that. 
Uh, not cheap. Um, or cloth or something. And then cloth, you know. There's a cloth one right down there for... There it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's if you're going to carry them outside, you know. You carry them in, in your vehicle, um, there's a chance that, you know, you, you won't need that. Mm. Um, you're on the freeway and there's debris, flying particles, one little, one little stone on that graphite at Just, 60 miles an hour. Oh. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll go and start fishing because you don't know that this happens. Yeah. You wander load and all of a sudden, you know. Once you said that, it just instantly got me furious. So, long story short, I had a crack in my windshield. Actually, from coming up here in this podcast, it was like the one day of the week that it was like super, super hot. I had a little crack and it expanded. Did a little S in the crack in the windshield. I couldn't get it replaced until a couple weeks later. Literally, the very next day, got another damn crack. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, anyway, it can happen. Yeah, yeah. It can happen. Um... Your rods are on the rack, right? Um, on the boat, you're fishing. Yeah. Here comes somebody with a jig. Oh, oh no. Okay, you guys know where this is going. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. They hit your rod. Forget, you know, dumping, throwing it overboard, which happens, right? You know, oops, there goes somebody's rod, right? And you're, you're, you're completely oblivious to the situation because you're like on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> fishing bait, right? Um, one of the things that happens is guys that don't look back. And it's unfortunate, you know. I, I know a few of those guys, and we'll do. I don't like, dude, like, you're not gonna miss the water. You know, look back before you cast. Um, and, and we all go through that learning process, right? Right. They'll swing that jig. They'll hit your blank. Cast. You know, nobody knows. Hook the eyelet, and there it goes. Well, so hook the eyelet, <laughs> there it goes. Hook the eyelet. You know, the inter pops out. The worst thing is, hits the blank. Right. And puts a crack. In that blank, and you are completely don't even know. It. Don't even know it. You go fish, goes under load, and pop goes a weasel, right? Right. So, once the fibers, once the fibers are um, damaged, and um, you know they they suffer that little crack, right? Um, it's 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 bound to to break once it goes under load. You know, I'm gonna just throw some shade out there for some people that I've seen. Uh-oh. People bouncing fish over the rail right into the rods this yeah, section yeah holy smokes you've just destroyed however many people's blanks based on that you know loss of integrity from that jig smacking or whatever the mm-hmm. gap hook smacking into the rods or um you know it's just uh, the matter of people getting hung up on the the rods to the bow i can see a lot more people moving their rods towards the middle after this discussion <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's and making it's, me reconsider. Well, I know, right? Because if you take uh, your your tackle, your travel, uh, your tackle bag on the wheels, and it's got you know, now we have the, the rocket launchers on the tackle box. Mm. And I, I keep mine there. I'm always told, hey, put those in the rack. I'm like, dang it, you know, like I want to see these things, you know. Yeah. Um, but even when you have them in the center of the boat, that guy that doesn't look back and extends that jig, you know, half the distance of the boat. It, yeah, you know that really that guy is a danger, right? Not not only to the rod but to any passers yeah. by. And you remember the two Barracuda days? Mm. You know, jigs mm. flying everywhere, guys bouncing Barracuda, not knowing how to bounce Barracuda. So I'm saying, I just I have nightmares now thinking about all these the lost rods. The worst guy that doesn't know how to bounce, forget the rods. The guy that doesn't know how to bounce and doesn't wind down to the fish, and he's got six feet of line between that tip and that jig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Paragula falls off and there goes a dude flying and hits the you know guy yep. behind him. And unfortunately, this happens to be some 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 youngster, some kid. You know, that's just thanks some, some thanks for saying that. that, Kevin. Now I'm gonna have nightmares. Yeah, no, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Guys, so, if you got a bunch of fish, wind down to it. We actually wanted to do a session with uh, Brian McKibley, who's yeah. in, in my team, um, who used to be at that camp mm-hmm. on how to bounce properly. Not I was much. just about to ask you, what is the proper way? But you, so, depending on the size of the fish, right? Mm-hmm. Bouncing like a bonita. Bouncing a bass, even a bonita. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not that it's not that difficult, right? That that's how the danger is. The danger is when you're gonna bounce a barracuda. You're gonna bounce a twenty pound yellowtail, right? And we've all done that. If you gotta wind down. You gotta have the fish coming at the boat. So you have to use that trajectory of the fish coming at you. You know, you gotta wind down, and you gotta be fast, and there's this a science to this, right? You gotta wind down fast, bring that tip down. It, all these motions happen like simultaneously. Like these are things that happen within seconds, like gears going into one another, right? If you wind down, the fish is coming at you, you turn to bounce the fish. As that fish is coming up in the air, you have to put your hand on that on the spool mm-hmm. to open up the you know free spool yeah. and once and then you have to direct that fish because you, your your tip is so close to that fish right you have you you're supposed to have control of it that's why you wind down to it you don't need six feet right line when a fish is about to when it when it goes over the rail now you gotta sort of bring it down yourself without slamming your tip on mm-hmm. the on the deck snapping off yes free spool and make sure that you don't get a backlash yeah. So like, there's seriously like this stuff is not something that you know anyone could just do. Right. Because it's not recommended it. for the No, news. no. Uh, Especially it, on a real fish. Like if it's you know, 15, 12 pound fish of mm-hmm. any sort, and yeah. you're, everyone's crowded and busy because you, you know, everyone's gaffing fish, and you could you know this is just like football yellowfin is nightmare fuel for me because yeah. uh, I just yeah. every time I think about it, I just think about crazy people getting immediately bit and then there's like five other guys waiting in line for gaps and they're all tripping out and uh, anyways yeah um those there's a lot of people that love that <laughs> yeah and you know what um depending on the boat you're on captain and whether they know you if you know what you're doing or not they'll be like don't do it yeah i mean i've been told by captains i, I mean i know how to bounce a fish i've done it but i've been told by captains please don't do it yeah and i, I just won't do it I, you know out of respect, I respect for, yeah out of respect for for their home that boat I was in the Malahini prototyping on 90J Yeslas and our jigs. And I caught a yellowfin. About a 20 pound yellowfin. So, you know, I I was using an accurate um, turn 600, 50 pound line. I mean, I, that fish had no chance. It bit close to the boat. And, and we have we have the videos on the YouTube channel, right? Mm-hmm. I want that fish into the boat. And Bill was on top looking at me. And I told everybody, get out of the way. And he immediately said, don't bounce it. <laughs> <laughs> you see in the video, I stood sideways as I hammered the, the fish. I switched the rod over to my right, for my left. Ready to do it. To ready to do it. I had the fish at the boat. It was hot. 50 pound line, 20 pound fish. I got this. And I literally cleared the area, right? Because mm-hmm. someone, uh, the cook was filming me. And right as I was about to, you see, I was about to just bounce. And I look up, he's like, don't do it. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. So, you know. That's his home, you're right. Fish. Yeah. yeah, that is his home, right? We got we to respect that. We're, we're just fake passengers, right? You don't you don't go to any location. And um, even if you're paying, sure, you're mm-hmm. paying customers. That's still their, their, 
Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so um, fish takes off and we chase it down and then wander back in and I let the uh, deckhand uh, well, captain. Yeah, I, I mean, I, w- I wish people would listen to their captain crew a bit more like oh, that, you know? Man. Always. Let me tell you something. Always. You want to learn how to fish? You want to be successful? It takes one thing, one thing only. Listening to the crew. You know, uh, I was talking to uh, TJ on the Eldo. Uh, we have a pasta trip coming up uh, tomorrow night, day and a half. And so, he just wanted to see if I you know what I wanted to do. And I'm like, dude, you're the captain. You know, uh, you decide. I haven't been in the water for like two weeks. You know, last time I was out at the wall <laughs> fishing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. So now, man, it's your boat, it's your trip, you're the captain. I said, the only announcement I'm going to make, if anything, would be like, He's the captain. We listen to what he says. Uh, so I do all these concert trips, and they always ask me, because they know me, right? Hey, so what, what do you want to do? What do you want to go? Like, whatever you want to do. And here's the captain. You what's fighting? Yeah, what's fighting? You were here yesterday. You were here, you know, for like the last weeks, months, right? Later in the season, they, they've been on the boat every single day. Yep. They know exactly what's fighting, what's working, what's not working. They know where to go. And if the fish, you know, dive and they disappear from one area, they, they're in communication with others. So listen to your crew, that definitely. Um, and then going back to bouncing, there's, there's, you know, the captains that either are not watching or they'll let you, right? So I was on this unnamed boat and remember I told you guys I fish nothing but artificials. Mm-hmm. So I'm fishing jig. We come on a kelp paddy, slowly over to Colorado and everyone's using bait. And here I come with the jig. <laughs> I am above, I'm above the bait tank. I'm not in the stern, right? It's clear everyone's fishing bait on the stern. I'm casting on the opposite side of that, of that, um, um, the kelp, kelp paddy. Um, the deckhand on the bait tank knows me, and he's like, what the heck are you doing? Get a bait. I said, no, man, I was in the jig. These are all Doritos, as we call them. They call it small. <laughs> so my jig's getting bounced and hit everywhere. So I finally stick one. And then he gives me that look. I'm like, get out of the way, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I start walking towards the bow to get away from everybody. And something you shouldn't do. You should never bounce at the rod. Unless you really know what you're doing. So I wound wound down all the way to the tip. You know, I had about maybe six, eight inches of that jig. And bounced that fish, that that Dorado. Went nuts. Pre-spooled it. Went nuts. I pre-spooled it enough to, like, you know, the rod wouldn't be bouncing on, on, on the uh, on the deck if I locked it in. And what is the first thing that the rod did once I bounced it? Freak out. Spit the hook, right? Oh. Or the, the, you know, the jig came loose. Yeah. That, that's what happens. That's when people get hurt. But I made sure that there was no one around. You know, yeah. I did break that rule there. But, uh, you know, we were having fun. He was like, how are you? What do you call me? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but that was fun, dude. You know, I mean, it's just part of the part of the sport, right? This is part of the passion. We we move away from fishing life bait yeah. to fishing lures because we trap the new fish, and my excitement is getting that bite. Yes, and yes. And I'll just you know I'll hand off the fish to whoever you know. I'll be that guy. Uh, and before I started the company, I I used to. Am I supposed to use the word uh, deadhead? Uh, you do whatever you want. I had I had a. I had a and captains that would say, hey, whenever you want to go, just show up, right? Yeah. Show up and like, just get on your, your crew. And I would help the crew a little bit, but really I was just there to catch fish. 
you know, because they knew I wasn't going to take any of the fish home. I knew they knew I was just going to hand it off to people that were not catching and help them fill the bags. Mm-hmm. I love the sport, you know, um, and so uh, that that's that's always fun to get a fish to bite your lure, whether yeah. it's a plastic or iron or whatever, you know, uh, that you reward. Yeah, that you yourself mm-hmm. are finding in because you got to figure out, you know, you got to figure out the condition. What are they going to buy? The speed at which you, you, you have to retrieve that lure. And what worked yesterday doesn't work today. You know, uh, conditions change every day, man. Yeah. So let me ask you this. What made you wake up one day and say, I want to build, I want to own a rod building company? So, um, or a rod company in general? Yeah. Um, or a fishing, a fishing, uh, fishing products company. Yeah. Uh, but, but we started with rods, you know, and that, that, that was, uh, I think that was going to be the hardest thing to do. And so, um, as I said earlier, you know, fourth generation angler, and I took an office job. Um, so I've always used that, you know, it's my escape, go out, have fun. It's my only passion, you know. I right. don't, I don't do anything outside of, you know, work, family, and fish. So um, I wasn't satisfied with what the industry was providing me on the from the rod standpoint. Uh, everything else I was pretty happy with. Rods were not, I was not, they just didn't meet my my requirements, you know, what I wanted out of a rod, you know, right. the, the lightness, the sensitivity, and, and the power. Um, then, you know, I got back, so I really needed something that was light so I could be able to fish, and I needed something that was powerful so that when I hooked on, hooked on onto a fish, you know, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be hurting, hurting me. And, and that's what these provided, or what these rods provide. Um, and, and it's my retirement plan at the end of the day. I, you know, I want to send them to the sunset. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. So, and the blanks are your design? Our design, yeah. So we have a company that rolls them for us uh, to our to our specifications. Nice. That's awesome. Oliver, it must be, I mean, five years later, five years down the road to today, how gratifying is it to catch a fish on your own blank, to catch fish on your own jigs now? Yep. I mean, that, that's got to be awesome. Yeah, I think that's right there. So, so the, ha, developing the blanks and, and catching fish on our own rods definitely put a smile on my face. Mm-hmm. To be able to catch fish on our own blanks and our own lures, uh, it's, it's a whole different level. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, we talk about the, the business plan, and, and it's, in my, on my book, so it's only been five years. Uh, there's, you know, there's... It's only been five years that probably feels like ten years. Um... I, I like working. That's oh, one, of my, one of my problems. Not, I'm not going to call myself a workaholic, although if you ask my wife, she'd probably say that. <laughs> um, I like being productive and I like being busy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't need any downtime. Uh, I'll take, you know, Sundays for for family and, you know, friends and whatnot. But uh, the rest of the time, I, I like being productive. So, um, more, you know, more to come. And I don't want to let uh, the cat out of the bag with everything else that we got mm-hmm. going on. But, now, I'm looking forward to the next decade when we catch fish and everything on that stick is, is made by AFS. That's Literally, cool. From top to bottom. That's so, awesome. We'll see where that goes. Because you, you do have your own irons now, right? And yeah. jigs? Um, I don't, irons, flat heads, um, plastics. And uh, I do want to create a, a, you know, expand that line of uh, terminal tackle. Right. Uh, lures. That's it. You know, nothing else. Like, I don't care to make hooks or, you know, yeah. weight. Mm-hmm. Like, We'll let everyone else do that because you know hooks don't really matter outside of their strength and you know whatever you're, you're fishing right but mm-hmm. when it comes to lures I'm, 
yeah, I, that, that's my passion. I want to, there's no rules that, we, that I want to create. Uh, and like I said, you know, hopefully in the next 10 years, uh, we'll be able to catch fish and everything on yeah. the stick from top to bottom is going to be a... And I, I get what you're saying about catching fish on stuff you've made because I yes, caught a lot of stuff on my own plastics yeah, and it yeah, makes you feel cool. good. Yeah, it does. You know. It's like, wow, it works. Got mm-hmm. him to bite. That's it. <laughs> Found us on fish. Yeah. <laughs> he ran into yeah. that thing. <laughs> Oliver, you, you had mentioned that you have 30 different models of rods, right? Yeah. Okay, so out of all those 30, what you know what sticks out to you most? What's your most sought-after rod, and what are you, I guess, the most proud of? I know it's kind of like your kids where you can't say you can't play favorites, but yeah. it's got to be something. <laughs> well, being a bass hit, um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely a lot more proud of you know all the, the bass uh, rods that, that we're mm-hmm. developing and, and all the nine footers. Like, you know, the eight foot are great and whatever. Uh, the, nine, the nine foot sticks, um, you know, mm-hmm. those sitting right there. Yeah. Um, I see Kevin. He's been eyeing those the know, whole episode. He's been begging you to, to take them out. Well, so your nine footers, do you make a, a nine footer with a trigger grip? Yep. All right. Three of them. You do? Extra light, light and medium. These are ironed with it? Uh, no, not on the graphite ones, but the new uh, intro composites, uh, there's a heavy nine foot in there. Fits a trigger, will fit a Lexa, you know, um, any bait test of uh, 400 size, including the uh, Trans 500. So I do throw, uh, throw irons with the Trans 500, full full spectra, 65 pound and a 50 pound top set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That what's, um, what's the length of your foregrip? 14. For, foregrip? 14. You have 14 inch foregrip. Remember, it's a Trans 500. With the iron <laughs> for yellow tuna, yeah. So when yeah, that's, that's a long foregrip for railing. Fits perfect in the rail. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> so What's the? Is your rear grip a split grip though, or is it uh, full? So my personal is split. Okay. But that one is a the one that we currently have is the 900M 900H all purpose. Yeah. So that blank is about one inch in the overall diameter. At the bottom. Yeah. So you can't put a you can't put a you know trigger on that. The new blank that we just developed is about a five eight. Oh, that's a lot smaller, yeah. almost half. Yeah. yeah. So that one, uh, it's interesting that when it comes to the factory rod that you know most people would buy, they don't want a split grip. I I mean I I don't really see a benefit in having a split grip on those bigger reels and rods. Well, it's like trains or like it's just fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, Do you find balance gets out of whack though when you start doing split grips on those kind of no, rods? No, no, because at least well, the the grips that we use, you know, the Batalon that we that's what's on the oh, So those are wing grips. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which are an EVA underneath that with um, the special uh, tape that they they develop. Uh, it's it's the same material that you see in the golf clubs right. and, and tennis rackets. Uh, mm-hmm. We're actually working on getting our own wind grips uh, branded or endorsed with our logo. Oh, nice. We already have the uh, wind tape, um, what you would put over, you know, Hapalon or uh, work tape. Mm-hmm. And so we use that on our custom stuff. So the split grip is mo- mostly the guys that like their custom rods, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm one of which. So, um, so what, that, is it an aesthetic thing? It's aesthetic. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Not, not really good for the blanks in your like on a you know private boat, um, you're putting that, that the rod holder. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Yeah. It scratches it up it quite does. a bit. Yeah. yeah. Rocks yeah. them back and forth yeah. and swirls yeah. them around. Yeah. yeah, but the guys that I care for that, you know, they, 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 I mean, like myself, I seal, I seal one that's stick grip on, 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 on that rod. If it's, if it's thin enough, you know, I, I definitely want the stick grip. How it's much? How much of your design is developed with um, collaboration or um, consumer feedback? Most of it is actually not so much the consumer, but the fleet. Okay. You know, um, just like I preach and push, listen to the captain and the deck when you go fishing. Um, there's quite a few of them that are in in my team that prototype stuff for me, and so those are the guys I go to. Um, nothing wrong with you know the public. But once again, you know, um, these guys are on the boat every day, right? That's this is what they do for a living. So, are you gonna hire, you know, a plumber to do your electrical or vice versa? You're not. <laughs> and so, um, I use an expression now: is most of us are weekend warriors, right? Including myself. Uh, and then, then we become once a month warriors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you go to the guys that are there day in day out. So it's, it's funny you bring that up, right? Because when we first started, we were making the offshore stuff at seven foot, right? Mm -hmm. Seven foot extra heavy, double X, triple X. And then, you know, here comes the San Diego fleet, the guys that work with down there, and they're like, you can't be selling these 10 footers. Like, we need to have seven jigs minimum. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. So they started talking about this big fish, right? This big bluefin. When you're on a seven foot rod and it's bent to the max, it's so hard to keep that fish, you know, from hitting when it's going into a circle. It's so hard to keep that line from hitting the bottom of the boat. Mm -hmm. And they were losing fish like that. You're not got, you don't have the reach. You don't have the reach. And you'd be surprised, and this is going to sound like a really bad joke. You'd be surprised what a difference six inches makes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, it, it makes a lot Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's such a joke, but it, it's a. Uh, you come to the shop and Chris has been there and, and I do it with people all the time that come in there and say, oh no, you know, I have a backpack and, and then 760 seems too long and, and I was one of those that thought it was too long, right? Um, and I'll be like, okay, fine, you know, we have rods, I mean, we have our reels on these rods, or, um, our, our loaner set that we take when we do sponsor trips. We have a rail there and I said, get behind the rail and let's pull on them, you know? And I love seeing the expressions on those faces when they see the difference of by extending that about six inches and on the back end we automatically gave it more power so now the rod shaps off farther away from you mm. and you would think that actually puts more pressure on you and it doesn't it actually puts more pressure on the fish and it hurts your back less and so by adding those six inches you know, the back on the back end and what would what that happens which is, you know, different mandroves, right? We had to start from scratch and, and recreate these rods, these banks. Um, I was doing seven because that's what the answer was doing, you know. And so we want why not go eight then? So we get one out of a hundred requesting eight. And who usually uh, typically requests eight is the deckhands and here and there, one out of 100 anglers that are long rangers, that are, you know, six foot something. And I get that part, right? If you're six foot something, um, I, I get you need something longer, you know, you have more leverage, but that's our average human being, 5'8", five 5'7", five right? Maybe 5'10". Uh, Don't look at Christmas. Yeah, I know. I was waiting for I was waiting 
Um, and so you'd be surprised, you know, how by doing that, uh, the, the fleet started losing less fish. Um, and, you know, there's eight foot blanks out there like that. You know, uh, another company just literally just made their seven, six into an eight. We have that eight. The reason we don't push it is who, you know, again, right? One out of 100, 20 out of 100, the other 80% that fish on the weekends, that it's a hobby, yeah. uh, they do it as a sport, they're not gonna go use that eight foot. Mm. It, they even have a hard time, you know, buying that seven, six, they, they, they want seven. We've had people say, no, no, I want you to build me a seven and um, you know, I'll pay the extra for you to build me a custom rod. Mm -hmm. So we actually, we literally discontinued you know, the seven from our factory lineup. If we have a blank, we'll, we'll build it custom, mm -hmm. but That's seven, six is the way to go. Hmm. When it comes to fishing the rail, which having a rail in your shop is absolutely genius. That's awesome. Um, yeah. We make a joke about how Kevin asks the, the fastball questions and the hard questions. I, I'm known for asking the stupid questions, so I'll ask you a stupid question. <laughs> when it comes to fishing the rail, is it better to fish uh, or to rest the, the rod on the foregrip and all that as opposed to the blank? It, oh, absolutely. So mm -hmm. we talked about bruising. Well, we haven't used this term yet, or at least I haven't. Uh, bruising the blank, right? Mm -hmm. uh, when That's you, a good terminology. When you put that blank... Um, on the rail, um, and we talked about you know the anatomy, right? Our arms, mm -hmm. right? So that blank is literally our, our arm. So would you run your forearm through the rail without any protection? And the answer is very simple, right? No, right? You know, I mean, maybe one out of a hundred for some reason would, um, but <laughs> you wouldn't, right? Most of us wouldn't. But if you wrap your arm with a towel, t-shirt, right? You would run you're onto the rail. Let's say you need to wipe it clean for whatever reason, right, you know? Um, so your hand, same, same difference. Mm -hmm. So that foregrip, whether it's hypalon, tuna cord, um, cork tape, uh, or the gasoline hose that has been used uh, typically for rail rods, protects that blank from getting bruised. And if you don't bruise that blank, then the fibers don't, don't get compromised they don't get scratched and the you know the chance of breakage is, is less right so what if you used um, a cold string tube straight up on the blank with no EVA so um, how do you bring up the, the cold string tube that's what we use on our rail rod and we and we use the uh, hypalon underneath that mm -hmm. so the reason we got away from EVA uh, EVA is supposed to be like memory foam but it's not once it's dented it's, it's dented. not coming back yeah right mm -hmm. And so there's there's these uh, foregrips that are made with EVA and uh, like a gasoline hose. Right. And once those things get dented, you know they're pretty pretty well known. Right. The guy that, that made those. Uh, and so once um once I think it's dented, uh, your blank is dented. Does it protect it? Yes. But you're not gonna have enough thickness with that. You know with that three M uh, culturing. You need to build it up with something because of that real seat. You know, that's gonna get on the way, it's not gonna be comfortable for your hand. So in our case, we use the thickness of the hypalon tube or that string tube, sipped flush with the with the real seat. It, is the reason for having the, hy the hypalon to create 
the continue to continue the bend of the rod all the way through the butt end section of the of the or yeah continue the bend from the tip to the back end of the butt end of the rod. So that may apply to the other companies, and because of how they their their, their bank their blanks bend, uh, ours shut off mm-hmm. right at that you know stripper guide and and, and pecking guide. That's that's really where you know we 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 stop the action on, on the blanks, mm-hmm. and so. Again, that's where it's gonna break if it's used over the tray. And so, um, the foregrip is really there to protect the blank from fibers. It's really there for comfort, right? Um, and I think it would look awkward if you if the foregrip wouldn't be flushed with the real seat. Mm-hmm. And the real seat on these blanks, you know, it's a size twenty four or twenty six. Those are thicker blanks, right? You need you need that thickness for the for the power. Um, I've seen. Tuna cord used and nothing, nothing else. I've seen. Um, and how that go? I, I we we don't do that, you know. But uh, the guys that do that say that it's all they need. Um, they they like that feel of the tuna cord. Um, the hypolon with the pull string in our case provides more comfort for your hand, but it also provides part of our, you know, our thing at FS. It it creates lightness. So oh, yeah. when you put cord tape and then you put the pull shrink over it, you'd be surprised how heavy cord tape is compared right. to, to you know hypolon. Yeah. And so people come into the shop and they, they literally pick up this rod, you know, I don't bring it here because it's is 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 you know sculpted. They pick up that three X, rated sixty to one thirty, just a hundred solid hundred pound rod, and they're blown away by how light it is compared to rods you know, similar rods by other companies. Mm-hmm. And, and they start asking, why is it so light? Like, what's the difference? And so it's not just the blank, the makeup of that blank, there's quite a bit of graphite in that to provide power, but it's also the componentry that goes into making that blank. And, and we're using heavy duty ties like everyone else is, right? We're using aluminum real seats like everyone else is. The difference is on that handle. Interesting. And the blank. Interesting. That's awesome. That's good stuff right there. That's cool, man. So you do, we already mentioned this, you do have a shop where people can actually come and pull on blanks yep. and, and rods and all that stuff and really kind of test it before they buy it. Uh, absolutely. And yeah. uh, so, you know, one of the things that we did early on when I first year of business, you know, part of the marketing budget was to put loaner rods on boats. Yeah. And we put loaner rods on boats from Santa Barbara all the way down to Ensenada and below. Uh, including Seabrook. So wow. that was part of the marketing budget that I that I set up, right? You know, how do we speaking how do we of Seabrooks, there's like a big fishing syndicate sign right in town. I yes, there is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have a I have two captains out there that, that we sponsor, mm-hmm. and so yeah, one of them you know puts that that uh, our logo there, and he's got his own uh, hotel as well. Um, that guy does. So there's you know at least three four operations out there now, mm-hmm. right? I mean. Rosie and Jeff Flowers run, you know, probably the biggest one, and one of the guys, uh, Javier, uh, down there, who's part of the fleet, at, you know, he's got, nowadays, I think he's got like uh, six to ten pangas uh, that they, that they wow. use, and, you know, he's, my understanding is what he's like their go-to guy, uh, great guy, you know, mm-hmm. um, he now has uh, an operation in Ensenada as well, so he's been growing his business, and so he was one of the guys that we uh, sponsored early on. So he's got rods on his on his boat. Uh, we got you know boats in Ensenada, Marla's down in Puerto Vallarta, and so one of the things I did early on was to uh, put these loaner rods on the boats. 
and that went again from you know uh, Jason and the Diamonds up in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some friends already down in San Diego, and then there were once again good people um, that literally reached out and said, "Hey, you know, how can we help? Like, we we need Rob for the boat." And so what I do for the fleet is they they pay wholesale, but I do still have it on the budget that you know if someone in the fleet, uh, someone new in the fleet is interested in, in having Rob on the boat. We will put a couple of loaners on there at no cost, and what that creates is, you know, it creates a hook in hand that you want yeah. as a company, right? Yep. So, what's the first thing people say is, "What can I get this?" Mm-hmm. And so, H and M Landing carrying the rods now. We're working with uh, Fisherman's Landing on, you know, hopefully then they'll carry them next. Nice. Um, and so, that that's you know created um, the um, the demand, if you will, because people get to you know. Uh, test ride these rods at no, no extra cost and then when they come we educate them mm-hmm. right when we do our sponsor trips we bring the entire loaner set just all the rods reels uh work with two different companies on you know uh whoever gives us a, a good deal um we put their reels on on the rods and we help them promote so ben Peepers, and one of them was accurate uh akuma also was interested in you know doing that so i have a couple of friends who work at akuma and, um, you know, we get that wholesale price for those reels and we put them on the loaners and we bring them and people just grab them. Yeah. And so that's how people have gotten to experience the, you know, what I like to call the FS dipping. Mm. Nice. Nice. Are there any, um, I think I've asked you this before, but I'll ask you again, not to put you on the spot, but, um, do you offer any like travel size rods or anything like that? No, not, not yet. Um, we do have a couple of blanks that, that we, that we're, uh, testing. Um, mm-hmm. so Madagascar, down in Mexico or Hawaii, I do, you know, we, we take those, um, big casters on them. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's finished. Of course. Right, right. right. Um, a 15, 30 blank, two mm-hmm. piece. Uh, but at travel rods, I think it, you know, uh, Okuma makes them. And mm-hmm. one of the people asked me, like, just like Okuma rods. Like, you know, I'm, I'm okay with sending that referral to those guys, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, that have friendships over there and uh, they work with us, so. Uh, I refer as much as I can, you know, to them. We sent one of those to my son. He's in the Navy. There you go. Uh, if I had a friend who said, hey, can, can you get me one? And so we just, we order one, you know, uh, for his son. Um, that he was going to go to Hawaii and it's one of that travel rod. Um, we're too early on in the game as a company for us to create something that I know is going to easily break. Right. And then we're like, oh, those rods break. Because they don't generalize. Instead of saying, you know, I, I bought this travel rod that they told mm-hmm. me I shouldn't buy. <laughs> right? because, um, and you know, we, when we literally we stop people from buying stuff that they shouldn't when they come in, mm-hmm. uh, we're in, in no rush. I mean, you've been there when there's customers, we're mm-hmm. in no rush to sell anything. We rather educate the public on how to use rods properly, and if they go buy something else, you know, we're okay with that. You know, um, so you're not just there for the sale, we're not. We're That's not. good. I mean, I'm, look, That's I'm, good to know. I'm not making a living. Out of the company, I'm right. you know, reinvesting everything and trying to grow this brand, you know, to go to go global, which is part of the plan, right? We'll see where, where we land, right? Shoot for the stars. Yeah. We got in the moon. Kevin, have you been in the shop before? No, I'm gonna have yeah, to go visit. Yeah. yeah, same here. Where? How do you go? Where is the store? Where, so where, not the store, in, but the in shop. In La Habra, right? Uh, 200 South Beach. Um, where I'm gonna open up a, a retail piece and next to the the showroom, as we like to call it, showroom, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're more than welcome to come by, and there's always food and beer <laughs> parties. And parties and Actually, you just had one in the parking lot. Like. <laughs> yeah. um, 
Yeah, I know we uh, we celebrated our 50th anniversary. That's cool, um, man. And, uh, I heard it was a fantastic time. Dude, we had close to 200 people. Wow. Come by. Holy and, smokes. Yeah, the whole parking lot. And we uh, we had a taco cart come, and we paid for you know 150 people. And then we ordered some pizza and fried chicken, and then Johnny uh, DeWitt, Johnny Surf, uh, one of our guys, the captain in San Diego, he had gone fishing the day before. I was just about to say. Had a bluefin. He oh, oh bluefin. yeah. Yeah. Cut it up, huh? He cut it up right there and then. Because she needed it up. I mean, people destroy that thing. Oh, I bet. I bet. I got like two little pieces, you know. <laughs> it wasn't a small bluefin. You know what it was? No, it was a little nice size bluefin. Uh, I'll return to Billy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, um, couple of things. So, you're going back to telling people, you know, what we sell and referring them. Uh, to others, at um, the, at the shows when people come to us and they're either looking for a hundred dollar rod or they're looking for something that you know we're not making and that I know that they shouldn't buy before they're doing. Uh, well, automatically refer them to like go to Turner's. You know they they have the hundred dollar rod. Nothing wrong with that. You know, no, I bought them. I've used them, right? Someone's your, probably on a budget. If that's your budget, that's yeah. your budget. Something we do. We, I choose not to make that hundred dollar rod because it, it will not meet that standard I, I keep talking about. Right. You know, it, it's not. First of all, I, I'm gonna have to compromise something. I'm gonna have to compromise the sensitivity by using a lower rated uh, uh, graphite, uh, which is also going to increase the weight. So you know, there goes the sensitivity and and, and the lightness. I may have the power, but you know, if it doesn't have the other two uh, combined into the one stick, it just you know, you just want to have. It's not an FS rod. It's yeah. Not an FS <laughs> yeah. Jinx. So there's um, a couple of landings that have said, hey, you know, we want to we want to carry a straight glass rod uh, for like you know the entry level people. And I'm like, okay, uh, what's the you know the retail? What's the sticker price you want? And they'll tell me, oh. Yeah, we, you know, we want it to be 150 bucks. Okay, cool. I, I get it. You know, um, we'll make you that rod uh, with your name on it. Yeah. They're gonna have my label <laughs> on it, and they're like, no, 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 we want it to be an FS rod. Like, oh, see, that's a problem. The FS doesn't make those rods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make them for you. You know, you tell me how many you want. 50, 100, 20. Right. Gladly make them. Mm. We have, we have the glass clamps ready. That we, we actually, we are. One of the things that we're working on is what I call the Baja Tanga boat rod. So straight E-glass, straight um, stainless steel guide. You know, um, if I retail it directly, it's only gonna be about a hundred dollar rod. That will not leave any margin for dealers. Right. Um, if we sell it to dealers, it's gonna be about a buck fifty. So, you know, it, it's a catch me too, what do you do? Yeah. You know, uh, in, in this in this industry, um, well, if you're if you're growth heavy and you're trying to get out there to the public in different places and you don't want people to just come up to La Habra, you got to go to stores. Yep, so, and that and that raises you know raises the retail uh, value. Of absolutely, and that that's just the way uh, life works. Yep. You know, um, so but that, you know we're making them and we have a whole set that's gonna go. They're pretty much looks like a hundred pieces, mm-hmm. and. I consider that just straight prototypes. Like, you know, I have, I'm selecting areas where we're gonna put them on, like, you know, uh, Cedros, 
Then there are six women in the in the in the whole series. Cause I, I do everything in series. Uh, they say they wanna. Can I get uh, one? Huh? Can I get one? Yeah, sure. Oh, nice. No problem. Uh, there's actually a couple of captains that are using them. Um, that means you have to go fishing. Yeah, right. I know, that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> and that's a local pond. Yeah. Um, so, Kevin, you, you brought up something interesting about, you know, um, railroads and using other materials outside of the culture, right? So, I'm mean, talking about the S-Last 90J that, you know, that we developed. We already developed the lighter version of it, which is like a 30-pound stick. I'm going to call it a 90J Junior. No one's ever done that. That's exactly what it's going to be. Uh, there's two more in that series of the S-Last uh, rods that I'm, that I'm working on. And one of them is going to be an 8-foot rail rod. Mm. Okay, so... With glass. S-Last. Yeah. Which is completely different than E-Glass. It's not as... It's not... Remember what we talked about earlier. It takes less material to... Uh, to achieve the same strength. Mm -hmm. So it won't be as heavy. That's right. the first thing, right? The second thing uh, about S-Glass, it's, it's, it's a little more brittle than, than E-Glass. So it's almost like graphite, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a little mm -hmm. more durable. Flexes differently. And it actually has more sensitivity, you know, than, than E-Glass. So uh, not that you need it on something that big, right? Right. But I, I that's the one rod that I've decided, and it's gonna be a 50 to 100. It'll handle, a, it'll handle 100. It's nice space stick. Yeah, yes. it is. Yeah. Yes, it'll handle 100 if you know how to use it properly. And it, you're always gonna hear that from me, and I know some people are like, hey, maybe you shouldn't say that, but I, I gotta keep it honest. And what you see is what you get with me. Right. Uh, it's okay, I don't know everything myself, right? I, I don't. There's stuff that I, I need to need to learn. And, well, and, and even, well, in fishing, well, even in fishing, it's, still learning. we learn every day. Yeah. So I don't see, you know, people get insulted, I, I apologize, but I don't see there's nothing wrong with me saying if you do it properly, right? Right. Because, um, if you're the jack of all trades, great, good for you, man. Like, you know, I, I admire you. I'm not. I, you know, when it comes to doing stuff around the house, I'll, I'll pay, you know, because that's not me. <laughs> yeah. Know? I get paid for what I do. I get paid really good for what I do, right? Because mm -hmm. that's my, that's my expertise. But uh, anything else, like, you know, I got to let someone else do it, mm -hmm. you know? Um. You know so, what you know, and you know what you don't yeah, know. Yeah, and but unfortunately, sometimes people don't know what they don't know, and sometimes what they don't know is that they shouldn't be doing things, you know, a certain way. And and, and how many guys you see in the boat fishing, you know, the wrong side of the boat? A lot. All the time. And you tell them, and the cousins tell, them. the can tell. And mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, I pay to be how I fish what I want." You're like, ah, no, no. <laughs> not you if know. it affects other people. Well, that's that's why my kid, you know. Said, like, I'm not never coming back. <laughs> one guy's fishing on the opposite side, and his lines went under the boat, and he denied his yellowtail, and he saw the color and lost it. So, um, so it's always good to listen and, and, and follow directions. So, this, this S last, the whole series is going to be called a deckhand series, right? So, my goal is to not put a real seat on any of them except that one. And it's the whole series is supposed to be uh, have tuna cord as the handle and that one is also going to have tuna cord on the handle because it's the deckhand series it'll have a black alps real seat size 24 on it so you'll be able to you know put your uh size uh, 20 to 30 two-speed reel whatever brand you want right um if you use a makaira then you gotta go 16 because it's a little different uh than the other brands um and so that is going to be a 50 to 100 Right now, what I'm torn on is that 40 to 80. 
right, which is your 50, 60 pounds. It's, yeah. And what do you do? I got guys saying, oh, man, make that extra heavy nine foot. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, he's one out of 100 guys talking. Yeah. yeah. Then I have the guys telling me, no, 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 it's too long for that stick. If, if I have my way, and... It kind of do. Well, no, not really. <laughs> not really. Not, I'm, I'm doing this for the public, right? Not for me. So there needs yeah. to be uh, a demand, and we need to be able to sell this thing, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's not, it's less, it's not cheap. It's actually more expensive than graphite, believe it or not. Wow. Yeah, so I'm considering that 40 to 80 be an 8.6. So that we go 9, 8.6, 8. And because it's a deckhand series, right? Um... I would imagine that the guys that want to fish the long sticks are going to be okay with that. I don't see anyone saying, make me a 50 to 100 nine foot. And if I do, it's like, he's one in a million. Not happening. Right. You know, not, not happening. Um, so, so that, I'm, I'm going to do that with, with the Esta series. It's a deck camp. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, super cool. There'll be four in that series, and that's it. Because deck camp will never use more than two rods, right? Uh, local deck camps, they carry a bait stick in which they fish 25, and then the chick stick, which they fish at 40. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And I mean, that's right. That's if you grew up on a boat. Yeah. That's what you had, you know, that's a deck hand, right? Yeah. Um, that's a dead hand, right? Um, captain, bait stick, and, you know, a, a 40 pound stick. So when guys talk about, you know, what do I take on, the, on, the, on, on my trip? Well, don't forget those two. Yeah. Bring your bait stick at 25. You could land big fish at, with 25 pound sticks. Yes, you can. If it's fresh. Yeah. Right? That's the other thing. And then 40. Um, you know, that's only to bring 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, I mean, if you had to narrow down to four rods, they could be done. And that's why the Deccan series is only going to have four rods. Because in the 50, or 50 to 100 composite, we've killed a lot of cows in the low 200s. On the 3X, the biggest fish is 390. And then Marla's sport fishing on in, in PV in Puerto Vallarta, they killed a 360 yellowfin on our extra heavy, which is 40 yeah, Wow. It's different. It's not a feed here, right? I'm, yeah. You know, I didn't get but the it's whole, tested, you know? Yeah. But I didn't get the whole story. I'm sure there's a little bit of chasing down. You know, you're you're on a six-pack down in PV. You know, it's a little different than being on a big boat out of a big sports boat. It's not going to chase them. No, we're not chasing anything. Start whining. Go <laughs> <laughs> hard. Go hard. Go hard. Turn the tail. Yeah, turn the tail. Yeah. If you're not using the right tail up. See ya. You're not going to land that fish anyways, right? Right. Yeah. You hook a 200 pounder on 40 because you didn't listen to the captain of the fish 60. What are the chances? Yeah. I don't know if it's been done yet. I haven't heard anyone say, oh, no, I landed a 200 pounder on a 40. I don't think I'm ever going to hear that. Line class record. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, um, yeah, some big fish have been landed, you know, on 40. Uh, I was on a trip. I was fishing 30 with a Trinidad 16 on the jig stick. Fishing bait on a jig stick. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another like, oh gosh, please, come on. <laughs> um, and he landed about an 80 pound fish. But dude, that guy, he was pale by the time he was right. Yeah. 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 He was and, done for the day. Yeah. And, you know, in, in all honesty, you risk, you risk the chance of having a heart attack, you know, going that long yeah. on a fish like that. Um, I mean, this guy looked pale. Dude. Like, he does not look healthy at the end of that battle. Wow. Uh, he landed the fish, but it's like, you know, we, we were stuck there for two hours waiting on him. And when you're not in your skiff, but in the open party boat, 
Yeah. You're not, you're not well. You got 40 other people waiting for 30 mm-hmm. other people waiting for you. You have no idea how many guys are saying just cut the line. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then the beers start flowing too and it gets yeah. even more rowdy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I do, right? Like you're sitting there for even even thirty minutes sitting in the middle of the ocean without fishing. With no fish around. Yeah. They're all left. They're all Dude, moved on. They moved on. You know? That's mm-hmm. what like two miles out. Yeah, they yeah. moved, you know. Yeah. So so yeah. Um, fish property. <laughs> yeah. Well, Oliver, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for coming in. This, I mean, we could talk all day about rods and jigs and just fishing in general. But, I mean, thank you so much. This has been really, really cool. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Really yeah. appreciate it. Looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. One more time, how do we get our hands on uh, on FS rods and jigs and all that good stuff? So, you go to our website, fishingsyndicate.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are on both Facebook and Instagram under the same name, Fishing Syndicate. Um, if you're in the area in La Habra, you know, swing by. If not, go to our website, go to the dealer's page. Uh, we have about 15 dealers now. And what's available at the dealer's and that's only the all-purpose and offshore composite uh, series. We are working on mass producing everything to make them available to all the dealers. Nice. So hopefully in the next year or so, nice. we'll be there. Excellent. Very cool. And it's definitely worth a, uh, a trip down to your shop. And- it's fun. Well, just talking to you and talking to GT and Rick and all those guys too. And I mean, you're absolutely right. Where there's no rush or there's no hurry to sell you something, mm-hmm. you gotta they gotta figure out you before they can. We ask a lot of questions when you come in. Yeah, that's oh, good. Yeah, that's good. I'm here to buy a rod. Oh, great. You know what do you what what are you going after? Tuna. Mm-hmm. What reel do you have? A trans or a Alexa 400. <laughs> <laughs> Komodo 350 right here. So, let me show you a rod for that next El Komodo. Let me show you a tuna rod. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, my friend. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you, guys. Kevin, Darren, another excellent episode of Doc Talk. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here as well. It's been great. I yep. mean, Kevin, I keep learning every single week. Same with you, Darren. Yes, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Got to start implementing it on the water. I know. know. <laughs> got to break some old habits. <laughs> yeah. Got to get on the water. Got to break some old habits. Maybe next episode we'll go on the water. Oh, these days. Don't overpromise. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have to make it happen. Well, awesome, guys. Once again, make sure, big shout out to all of you who listen. Thank you so much for getting us to 500 followers on Instagram. I know we announced it last week, but thank you again. That was That means so much to us. Who would have thought that, uh, you know, all of you guys would want to listen to us bums over here at Doc Talk Podcast. But if you're new, make sure to go follow us anyway on Instagram at Podcast Doc Talk. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Darren, you got anything? I don't. I'm just trying to take in all the knowledge I just learned from all about rods from Oliver. I'll have to share you with all my notes because I took a bunch. Of, uh, <laughs> well, he wasn't emailing. Nice cover. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week. We will see you guys next week. Take care, everyone.